0: Yo, today's QOD is we forget the value of long, hard, pulsed out over time work. Here we go. Of the day show, I'm your host Sean Croxton at SeanCraxton.com. We got Brene Brown on the show, leading off the week, and this talk is incredible. I think you should listen to this one several times over because she hits so many much needed points that we need to hear, especially when it comes to our, you know, work really hard culture. And I don't see anything wrong with working hard by any means at all. The problem is when we work ourselves to exhaustion, and as she says, we use productivity for our own sense of self-worth, right? And so she's going to talk about working hard, but also embracing resting and playing. Brene Brown's coming up.
1: Let's talk about rest. How many of you are tired? Honestly. Yeah. The CDC defines sleep debt as more than two consecutive nights with less than seven hours of sleep. Again, if you're listening to this at home, this is uncomfortable rumbling. How many of you are in sleep debt? You know, and how many of you are thinking, I'm not going to raise my hand because that's not actually what I need? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm really good to go on four. Right. We are a sleep-deprived culture. And what's really scary is if you start, when this emerges as an important guidepost, and I started looking at at the data, at the research coming out of the CDC and the sleep institutes and the sleep researchers, you know, sleep debt is highly, highly correlated with obesity, cancer, diabetes. It's to blame for a very, I mean, I don't know that they can put their finger on it, but... They attribute a lot of motor vehicle accidents to sleep debt. The worst advice that I've ever heard is that you can rest when you're done. And, and some people say you can rest when you're dead, which means you're really done. But you know the whole idea that we can't, and we heard this when I asked earlier, um, in an earlier session about shame triggers around lazy, the whole idea that we can rest when we're done. Here's the hard, hard news, we're never gonna be done. The to-do list never ends. We can never check everything off and feel solid and great and be done and rest. You know, it is a very shame trigger area for us because I'm telling you, how many of you relate to the idea of lazy as a major shame gremlin? How many of y'all would have shame come up if someone described you as lazy? I mean, it is a big deal. And so this whole idea that we can sleep, that we can stop, that we can rest, that we can quit. We can say, we can look at a project and say, this is consuming my life. It was important. I wanted to do it. It is not working. I quit. I'm not doing it. I want to talk about some mythology behind rest. And... I think, a weird paradox in our culture. One of the big vibes that scares me the most right now as an adult, as a parent, as a partner, even as a professional, is this whole new vibe that we're living in of fun, fast, and easy. That everything has to be fun, fast, and easy. I just don't know very many people who have achieved or accomplished what they wanna do who have not worked their asses off to do it. Help me understand this. At the same time, we're exhausted and depleted. We only put value on things that are fun, fast, and easy. Like what are we doing with our time? If everything's fun, fast, and easy, and we're tired all the time, and we're not sleeping and we're not resting, what are we doing? And I think, in my experience, again, from the research and also from my life that things are hard and take a lot of time and require a lot of work and thought. And how I would answer that question that I posed is that we are racing to finish things out of scarcity. You have no idea how many people I talk to who say, Well, you know, I follow your work and I love your work and I think I would be a great social worker, but I could never go back to graduate school. That'll take me three years and I'm 40. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like, you're gonna be 43 anyway. (laughs) Like, if you skip graduate school, you're not skipping 43, it's coming. You know, if. We, for some reason in this culture of scarcity, we can't say, I really want to do this. When Chris Anderson, who curates Ted said, why shame? I said, because it was my one professional before I die goal that I would help start a national conversation about shame. I think it can change the world. And he said, wow, how long have you been standing in that line? And I said, 13 years. Like this just didn't happen yesterday. We forget the value of long, hard, pulsed out over time work. And the only reason that poses a problem is if we buy into the idea that we can't rest until we're done. Then it's a problem. Then we're really tired at the end of 13 years. But I would also argue that the end of 13 years, our work product is pretty crappy because we developed most of it while we were exhausted. Like it's this very weird space and idea of saying, this is something I wanna work toward for the next couple of years. And while I'm doing it, I'm gonna rest and I'm gonna play and I'm gonna create and I'm gonna work on being more wholehearted. And I'm going to spend more time practicing vulnerability and being courageous around things that are make me uncomfortable. And it's gonna take several years to do it. But here's the scarcity secret, like don't tell anybody. But you don't get to say, and my life will start when I'm done. Here's my project, and I'll be worthy of love and belonging when I accomplish that. I'll be able to rest when I'm done. I'll feel successful when I'm done. It's the process that is so important. And I think one of the reasons we don't play and rest is because we're waiting. I mean, let me ask you, Horrible scenario, Armageddon, right now in an hour, how many of you will say, I played and rested enough? You know, in the end, it's the old cliche, which are always true because that's why they become cliches. No one lays in their deathbed and says, I should have worked more. Nobody, you know, and I think so. One of the powers I think that happens around midlife as well as the challenges is that we start to get the capability of playing the movie to the end. So when someone says to you, hey, do you wanna do this? And it sounds really great and it kind of tugs at your worthiness, of your productivity, but you think and you play that movie to the end and oh, okay, so I can take that on and it's gonna feel awesome for a week when I tell everybody that I took the promotion. And I'm gonna be like, how am I gonna say it? And I'm gonna drop it casually or like, yeah, I'm VP now. Hey. Um, it's gonna be awesome. Okay, and then let's, let's check in six weeks from now. New desk, awesome. Six months, divorce, not so awesome. Yeah, two years, both kids in rehab, divorce still, moving up the ladder. You know, we can play the tape to the end about what it means for our time. So I think in order to cultivate rest and play, we've got to let go of exhaustion as a status symbol. And it is unquestionably. How many of you would agree that it's a status symbol in the world that you live in? Let me tell you one way I collected this data. Oh God, it made me so carsick. I'm very motion sick, sensitive. And I rode up and down in an elevator for about three hours in downtown Houston where all the law firms are housed. Just over listening in the mornings to conversations that sounded like this what's up, dude? Nothing, what's up, brother? Nothing. What time did you go home last night? 1 a.m. What about you? Haven't left yet. It was this bragging. It was this complete competition. In my, I mean, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a high-priced lawyer, but in my circle of friends, if I walked up to a group of my friends in the PTO after, after drop-off, and they said, hey, how's it going, day?" And I said, oh, my God. It's good. I mean, it's really good. I'm really well rested, doing Pilates. I'm doing some great work, but I don't have more than I can really handle. Things are pretty great. It would not be safe for me to turn around and walk away. (laughs) I would have to back all the way back to my car. They would be like, you are a loser. You are not doing enough. You are not enough. You are not being enough. You are not contributing enough. Because being busy is being important. I put this on Facebook this morning because I really thought about this. It's from the gifts of imperfection. That somehow we've convinced ourselves if we stay busy enough, we can stay right ahead of the truth in our lives. You know, so we just stay really busy so that truth never really catches up. And then when it hits us, the truth is we're exhausted, resentful, tired, and not doing enough of what we want to be doing. You know, and it's hard to let go of productivity as self-worth because in this culture, if you and I are sitting next to each other and playing, plane, or I meet you, hi, I'm Brene. Hi, Kathy, what do you do? First question out of my mouth. What do you do? I need to rank you and how important this conversation is going to be. But we do that because our leading question is, what do you do? Which is code for how important are you to me? And do I need to know you? I swore I'm going to make a pact that when I start traveling next season, when the book comes out, when Daring Greatly comes out, I'm going to start sitting next to people and saying, so what do you love? Which will cut all conversation in business class. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I don't even have to worry about that. To be honest with you, I have this so down to a complete science. Because you don't like to talk to people that much. Um, (laughs) Except when I think I'm dying on a plane. But... um, So all I have to do is like when they say, especially if I'm like in the business, with the business people, and they'll say, so what do you do? That's always, they even say that before they introduce themselves. They'll say, what do you do? I'll say, I'm a shame researcher. (laughs) And they usually look right down at their iPad and go, these angry birds are fantastic. (laughs) That's it, done. Um, It is, we laugh about it, but it is very difficult in our culture where we define each other by what we do. And we rank each other's importance by that. And I mean, how many of you in here are choosing to be at home with kids and raise kids right now? So it's very hard because we live in a culture clearly where what we do is who we are, at least in our minds. And I think we have the power to shift that. And I have to tell you that when you travel internationally, you do not see this. It's very rare to be in other countries and have somebody ask you what you do. They'll say, where are you from? Who are you with? You know, where are you going? But they'll ask other bunch, a lot of different questions before they get to what do you do? And it's something I think we should think about.
0: That was Brene Brown. Her website is brenebrown.com. You can check out today's talk on an audio program. You can find it audible.com. It is called The Power of Vulnerability, Teachings of Authenticity, Connection, and Courage, All right, my friend, I got a really good set of clips this week. So we got Zig Ziglar tomorrow. Then we got Anthony DeMello on Wednesday. Do not miss that one. We got Steve Harvey on Thursday and Mary Morrissey closing out the week on Friday. So I hope you tune in for every episode this week. And I will see you tomorrow with Zig Ziglar. I'm out. Peace.